But I think for the general person on the street, they don't really care. Finance is boring, it's all numbers, it's all complicated stuff. How does this affect my life? You know, when was the last time you watched a YouTube video of somebody unboxing a mortgage? Like, it just doesn't <laughs> happen. This is how we're focusing forward. You know, people don't want to engage with financial services because they're great financial services. They want to achieve, they want to engage with it because it enables them to do something great in life. Hi there, this is Akash Kapoor, and thank you for tuning in to What's the Problem? While I can't personally relate to having kids, I know countless stories about friends and colleagues suffering from dealing with the hidden costs of having a child and having to pay far too much for childcare at times. What I really liked about this interview was that today's entrepreneur, despite operating a fintech company, fully believes that the underlying premise behind solving his problem is one of empathy and fully relating to the experience of being a parent, rather than building out a financial product. Before getting started, I would like to remind you to please subscribe and feel free to leave any feedback on your podcast app. If you see us on social media, please give us a follow. And if you've run a problem-solving startup that you feel aligns with the premise of the show, please drop me a note. Let's go. Stockcard is a fintech startup dedicated to empowering parents to better be positioned to raise a family. Here, I'm joined by co-founder Bruce Panaman. Bruce, how's it going? Oh, good. Thanks. And yourself? Uh, great. Thank you for doing this. And uh, let's just get started. Uh, what's the problem yeah. Stockcard is trying to solve and how do you solve it? Um, so Stockcard started from a position of trying to kind of marry finance to what you're trying to achieve in life. Um, it all started with our business partner, Andres, who um, you know has two kids now. First one came along. It was great. Took lots of shared parental leave. And then the second one came along and it was a bit more unplanned and hadn't really sort of organized the finances around it. So he was sitting there one night, you know, feeding the baby in the middle of the night and thought to himself, why is there nobody out there to help me on a finance point of view? You know, if I was buying a house, there'd be a million and one people offering me mortgages. If I was planning to retire, there'd be a million and one thing people offering me pensions. But I'm here having a child and it's just as expensive and just as huge of a life event as those two other things. <laughs> but there's no financial product. It makes no sense. So um, he went about and started to create it all. Um, a year later, once he'd kind of done a bit of research, put together the business plan a little bit and was ready to hit the go button, uh, I got involved. Um, we then changed it a lot since then, changed the offering, changed everything through. Uh, but what we're finding is that our initial hypothesis of helping people afford maternity leave afford childcare was just a tiny part of the puzzle that's out there you know you've got issues on the very top end around nanny expense accounts you've got things at the very bottom end around access to government benefits and all the things you can get with different parents you've got situations of co-parenting where parents are split up and they want a really nice transparent way of managing money in the middle without having to affect each other's credit scores you've got people who are trying to kind of get their parents to help out or other people in their wider kind of support network to help out but don't feel a bit awkward asking for money so with Stockcard, we're trying to solve all those issues into a way that is enabling people as a team to tackle the really expensive financial um adventure of having kids and raising kids yeah it's great i guess you, you touched on government there so i'll, I'll jump into mm -hmm. that i mean what kinds of services do people have in the uk um and maybe why are they inadequate for for what you're trying to solve so government benefits um are quite 
generous in the UK. Um, there's something for pretty much everyone. Um, you know, from our research and from all the kind of features that we put in, the only people that are ineligible for absolutely everything are people that earn more than 100k, which is you know point you know it's less than five percent of the UK population. So most people are eligible for something. Yet the claim rates are really really low. So either this is because people don't want to, or it's because they don't know about it, or it's because it's really hard to get hold of the forms are very difficult the government website is particularly user you know user experience there isn't fantastic um so we want to kind of bridge that um we've got a tool in the app at the moment which kind of spreads across all the different uh, government benefits you get and it will tell you what you're eligible for how much it would be and how it would help and uh, we've got some plans in the future to maybe kind of automate or help to automate some of the application of these so that you can you know you're you've got a million and one things to think about anyway and you would just had a kid let alone going through a horrible government website to apply for things so we help where we can i mean you, you said it, it It could be that people don't know about them could be just they don't want to claim them through running store card have you started to see uh responses from people that can indicate you in a certain direction there yes um i think it's from everything that we're getting um we've done really well with store card in terms of the organic uh marketing of what we've been doing and you know there's midwives all around the uk who are starting to recommend store card as a place to go for information a place to kind of get started and what we found there is the fact that the advice that people get comes from such a mismatch of different places and it's very uh, it's very piecemeal so with midwives as an example you know the midwife's main responsibility is to look after the health aspects and to help you through the process it's only if they've got a bit of a chat time that they can let you know about any of this stuff so there's no advisors to necessarily help you through unless you go to a job center which like people don't necessarily always go to so the information just is not really out there when we profile when we focus group on these things especially on the benefits side yeah unless people are kind of already claiming some sort of benefit they've never heard of any of these things they assume there's nothing for them um which is completely wrong you know everyone's paid their taxes so they deserve these help that's out there right yeah no it's interesting because uh i mean over the past year uh, with the group i did quite a bit of financial savings kinds of research and uh we found that millennials and gen z's typically just go to their parents most of the time to to get help on, on financial mm-hmm. advice uh and then it seemed like a mismatch because we interviewed a lot of those parents and they didn't really feel comfortable with what they were doing uh 20 30 yeah. years prior either so uh, it's definitely a mismatch of information there i think the main thing is not you know giving people instructions of what to do always kind of feels like you hand time them a little bit i think the main the best thing to always do is just make sure the information's there make sure it's tr- you know it's trustworthy and then just enable them in whatever decision they make from there and just you know once they can make that decision it'll be a much better decision once all the options are properly on the table and then and then you you mentioned uh you know it's awkward to ask for money it's it's awkward to talk about money in general um financial troubles definitely cause yeah. uh, stress in a lot of relationships do you have an idea about how much parents are talking to each other or maybe for single parents uh, or, or elsewhere how much people are talking to their families about the stress that they're having well, I think this is the most obvious and the most striking thing is when you start looking at um, the mum forums online. So net mums, mums net, your baby club. With all of them, people talk about the most graphic, disgusting parts of it all. They'll talk about, you know, baby sick down your top. They'll talk about all sorts of baby poo all over the place. But what they won't <laughs> talk about is money. And it's incredible to think that money is even more taboo than all of the other sort of health stuff and all the other things that go on with, you know, with childbirth and with kids and with babies and stuff. So there's a real reluctance to talk about it and we have found from our different research this is actually quite cultural where you know different families see childhood and, and see families in slightly different ways 
families um, and different families deal with everything in very different ways. So I think the real future of Stalkcard is understanding this better and enabling these different ways of how families function internally to do things their own way and to um, give them the, the kind of help and the options that would be beneficial to them specifically. Yeah, some of the conversations that we were having when people did actually open up about their finances, uh, you could tell there's a bit of an emotion behind it. And I do think that, you know, from a young age, we're kind of trained to to not talk about this stuff. You know, your first yeah. job, you're told, don't tell your salary to anybody. Don't share your financial information. Uh, you're not supposed to tell people how much you pay for rent or mortgage. Um, and maybe there's some good to that, but it definitely contributes to this, this yeah. issue that you're talking about, trying to extract that information. I think the most toxic thing is when people feel scared talking about it because they're afraid that people will tell them, well, if you can't afford it, why did you have children? Um, <laughs> right. Life doesn't really work like that. You know, right. we wouldn't be, you know, we wouldn't have the human species if people before us hadn't had kids. And, you know, there's never necessarily, you're never going to be in a perfect financial position. You just got to do it sometimes. And it happens when it happens. But I think being putting people in a position of fear of asking for help is really quite toxic. And I think through the right information, through the right support, we definitely need to break down um, that way of thinking. Yeah, I always find it a bit odd the the point, yeah, you shouldn't have had a kid. You have a kid now. So, yeah, so exactly. you have to you, you have to sort it out. Um, you can't just uh, pretend that that's not an issue. I, I guess there, there's obviously there are lots of parents in the UK, specifically on it, within the company. Is there maybe a certain focus that you're looking at in particular? Um, in terms of different solutions, or in terms of different kind of issues we're trying to solve. In terms of, I mean, I'm sure that people have different issues across the UK. Yeah. Maybe things are, are more expensive uh, in the UK in terms of living, and and that might absorb more of the cost. Um, so I guess is there maybe a target market that you you address? Yes. Um, so with the UK specifically, I mean, geographically, we're very UK based at the moment. And the UK is kind of in the middle of the spectrum of things. So if you take America, for example, they don't actually have any paid maternity leave. And the average amount of time that people go back to work after having a child, even if you're the one that gave birth to the child, is four weeks, which, you know, there'll be nurses and medical professionals that will kind of tell you this is not the right way to do it. Everyone suffers in this sense. But it's very much down that, that end of the spectrum. If you go completely the other way into kind of Europe and the more sort of socialist parts of Europe, you get a year's paid maternity leave or paternity leave. Um, so you're very well financially supported. UK is sort of in the middle where you get some parental leave and you can share it, but also the costs are not necessarily helped out with. The big, big elephant in the room and the thing which always comes up whenever you you know ask parents and we ask our users about everything, childcare. Childcare is so expensive. It is, on average in London anyway, it's £1,500 per child per month. And for a lot of people, this, this dwarfs their mortgage at that point and it's just you know it's silly you know when you start to propagate this problem forward and look at the effects of this problem what you see is especially when you look at the gender pay gap the resolution foundation has come up with all sorts of reports that are kind of leaning towards the fact that the gender pay gap is not necessarily men versus women it's actually mums versus everyone else you look at the figures of, of um, the gender pay gap kind of 30 years old and below there's not much in it the real kind of gap starts to grow from 30 32 onwards as people start to have children as they start to get to the end of their maternity leave you know i earn this amount i need to pay childcare that is more than what i earn what is the point and this is where people lose out on their careers they lose out on their career prospects so our target market really is trying to help the people in that middle 80 percent of the uk market currently people who don't have you know five figures of savings in the bank account and it's fine they just kind of dip in and get things sorted 
and not necessarily the people who kind of are wholly dependent on government benefits for lots of different things because they're you know relatively well supported there it's the people in the middle who are you know two jobs kids household need to keep things going once one of them takes leave household income gets slashed in half having to deal with that then having to deal with the childcare when they go back and we really want to kind of give these people the options obviously how people want to have their family what works for them what works for their kids it's all very very individual and that decision is really for them to make we just want to provide the options where deciding when to go back to work deciding what childcare options work for you is not purely a product of your bank balance but more of a product of what's right for your family and to enable those choices how much less severe do you see these issues for second and third time parents yeah i'm imagining some of it is due to a bit of a shock you know that they're probably mm. parents who are planning uh, in their minds appropriately but just you know it's a bit of a shock the first time you have a kid uh, things come out of nowhere yeah um, i think from from what we've kind of researched and also from my business partners kind of experience and where this all came from the first one, your kind of level of knowledge is quite low because you've never done it before. But, you know, you've been, you know, you've had jobs for a couple of years. You've been out in the world. You've maybe got some savings. So you're kind of the cash you've got reserved is quite high. And as you have more children, the amount of savings you have gets lower because you're kind of spending it, making up for household expenses during parental leave. You're helping out with the childcare. You're spending everything on the kids but your level of knowledge goes higher. So the first child we find, you spend lots of things that you didn't really need to spend on. They were kind of wants instead of needs. Whereas as you get further along, you really know exactly what you need. You know that instead of buying a cheap pram, there's no point. You buy one that will get through them. And if you can buy one pram for 800 quid that gets you through three kids, it's much better value than a 300 quid one, which is going to break after, you know, two thirds of the way through the first one. And you have to buy it three or four times. So those little kind of knowledge on the smaller things really makes a difference but also the options change with um, the amount of children you've got so if you've got two or three children childcare options start to change slightly you know there's no point paying three lots of nursery care when you can have sort of one child or one nanny that ends up being cheaper so you know with uh, with our app we've got our baby planner tool which essentially predicts what costs are going to come up for you in your situation and really helps you work out what are the needs versus what are the wants so that you know if you've got money saved up for all the needs and you've got them sorted let's get some wants in let's have some fun let's have something good but really let's make sure that the things you really need to have are there first I think it's a it's a great way to segue into the uh, the product oriented questions rather than the problem. Mm. Uh, walk me through a user journey. Let's say someone finds out he or she has a child on the way. What's the interaction initially with your app? So usually, what happens is you know we are currently targeting first time parents who kind of want all the information because this is what we're kind of offering as like our initial offering. So first three months of pregnancy, you know, is it happening? Is it not? You're kind of you know hoping, praying, making things work. When you get to three to six months this is kind of where you know for the person who's having the baby body's changing things are happening and it feels real there's lots of pinteresting there's lots of googling going on <laughs> is this normal is kind of how every single google search starts at that point um and this is where we just put information out this is where people find stalk card they get recommended it or they're there and this is where they start to kind of absorb content what's going to come up what sort of things do i need what you know what what is normal at this stage what is happening at this stage then 
later on when you get to kind of the six to nine months, this is where, you know, usually this is where the dads get involved as well, because it's not kind of something that's just happening inside their partner. This is something which is now real. It's coming up a big life change. Life is never going to be the same again in the next three months. Let's start preparing. So at this point, when people go into their app, they start to use more of our village features. Um, so the village, a store card village is essentially a really nice way to bring everyone around you who's going to be involved in raising this child together to tackle these big financial issues. So whether this is bringing in the grandparents, whether this is uncles and aunts who are going to help out with childcare sometime, whether this is friends and family who might give you baby shower gifts, where this is the neighbor down the hall um, that, you know, maybe help you out, look after your child every now and again. All these people get brought together. So they're informed. They know what they can do to help. You can tackle the big thing, the big scary things together by breaking them down and getting everyone to help them out, whether that is, you know, helping out with the money or helping out with finding the right thing. The information is there and the teamwork starts to build up from that point. And then later on, once you get to like the last month or so, this is where people really start using um, the financial side of stock cards. So, you know, Stork Card is, you know, we call it a joint account on steroids because it really is joint account with everyone involved around the child. So, you know, we've got retail discounts that help you out get, uh, you know, 20, 30% off a lot of big baby brands that are out there in the UK. Um, you know, sort of, you know, you've got mamas um, and papas, John Lewis, those sorts of people. We, we get really good discounts there. And this is where things start to arrive, things start to happen. And hopefully with all the planning, they know exactly what's going to happen even after the birth. They also know what's going to happen before and everything's set and ready and then the parents can focus on you know the real joys of this time of their life instead of even thinking about the money side you you mentioned that there's a target market of first-time parents you know how long do you expect to stay with each of those parents you know do, do you expect them to keep utilizing the application through their through additional children or is there you know kind of an intention that you have a customer life of you know a couple years into the first child yeah so our, our real vision is to go all the way through um, so, you know, with what we've got as a platform, we've got the planning side, we've got the information side, we've got the spending side. So within that, this really gives us some really great data to make really personalized predictions on what's happening. Based on the parents that have come in so far, our model now works up to the child's second birthday. But where we aim to go to is as the parents come in and as we bring in new segments from the market as we grow, the idea is that we can make these predictions all the way through until your kids leave home and they're out. Usually after the second child is the most popular time ever that people buy life insurance because things are settled, things are happening. We think about, you know, schools, school uniforms, school trips, summer, summer holiday childcare is something that everyone ignores and is in a massive rush to sort out. You know, you can see on Google Trends that spike comes up around sort of <laughs> May, June time as everyone's forgot to do it. So we want to be that tool that helps people through all of those stages for all of their children as they go through. And even after that, you know, this whole model of helping people plan for things helping people spend for things and taking this data to make predictions it's a very replicable business model where even though we're tackling raising small children now it will be raising teenagers later it will be helping your children into university it will be other life stages such as graduating from uni and doing your grad job and working out how you're going to get yourself financially sorted for that working your way up to retirement after your 50th birthday all of these life stages are things which happens to basically everyone but it's very very personal in the way you tackle it so knowing what's going to come up 
And having the advice, the support and the tools to be able to tackle that is really key. And we want to be there for all those different life journeys. Yeah, no, I can I can definitely see the vision. I imagine if you provide a great experience, that first massive life decision they have to make or life change they have to make, you can, you know, kind of tap into that loyalty and continue mm. to use it throughout other life stages that, that bring the same emotions to the family. It's, it, it seems like the, the budgeting is important, but we're talking a lot about the emotional side and, and peace mm. of mind. How do you guys keep that, you know, top of the mind when you're actually adding features into the application that you know this isn't just a financial situation this is uh, a mental health mental stress situation mm. i think thinking about it in that way is the successful part of it you know because i mean this is my first you know this is my first business that i've had in the financial sector i've kind of done different things within it but my preconception before i think was very similar to everyone else's preconception where it's really boring um <laughs> you know yes there's people who find finance exciting and there's people who it's their life but i think for the general person on the street they don't really care finance is boring it's all numbers it's all complicated stuff how does this affect my life you know when was the last time you watched a youtube video of somebody unboxing a mortgage like it just doesn't <laughs> happen i think the realization and the real sort of key to what we're driving is the fact that nobody cares about the mortgage they care about the house and the mortgage is the boring piece of paperwork you have to do to get the house so this is how we're focusing forward you know people don't want to engage with financial services because they're great financial services they want to achieve they want to engage with it because it enables them to do something great in life so the focus is always on you know with stock card and our initial focus on helping people have kids and raise kids is that focus on that focus on how to make it the most enjoyable how to make it the most less financial stressless experience possible and if finance happened to be the engine that's humming along under the hood that's great tools are tool and it's only as good as what it can achieve so when we communicate with our customers we don't say hey we're a fantastic finance app this is great check this out it's more how can we help you do this these are the issues you're struggling with. we will help you do this and funnily enough, finance, you know, a financial tool happened to be, you know, what's what's running the solution under the hood. That's great. Yeah, I, th- I think it's important to remain client centric in these because uh, a lot yeah. of these people are struggling because there are obstacles to getting financial help. So if you're just mm-hmm. going as a financial application, you're, you're going to be the same obstacle to them in their eyes. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've done some research at different baby shows to kind of see how how this, fin- especially the fintech market and how it's got into this parenting market. Um, and I think one of the major misconceptions that we had going into Storkcard was thinking, well, it's such a competitive market. There's so much out there. There's Revolut, Starling, there's Monzo. But, you know, being in that old street tech bubble, you kind of think, well, everyone's got a Monzo card, right? I know he's got one. As soon as you move out of that world, people just don't care anymore. So we go to baby shows all around the country and we kind of ask people, right, have you, you know, have you ever heard, what does the word fintech mean to you? Oh, I don't know, it sounds complicated. Is it, a, is it a university degree course thing? I don't know. You ask people, have you ever heard of Starling, Revolut, Monzo? Like 50% of people say, I've never heard. You know, who do you bank with? Halifax. Why? Because the bank branch is next to the car park where I park my car on my local high street. You know, it's people want to achieve the things they want to achieve, but also brands and the kind of the real glamour of fintech only really exists within fintech itself. So trying to kind of put that glamour onto normal people, it just won't necessarily work in the right way. Great. And I, was, uh, I had a thought, I wanted to go back to something you said uh, a few minutes ago um, regarding uh, family members sharing information and, and the uh, the village features, as you called it. How much of that do you think 
uh, as a space where you're creating a, a, a consumer behavioral change uh, where people are now more likely to share something versus kind of adapting to the people who are already willing to share a lot of their information. So what we're quite keen to do with this village feature is, you know, as soon as you bring in social, the words, you know, the word social network, people imagine, well, it goes out everywhere and it's public and you talk about it and starts conversations, but people aren't doing this now. They kind of, as I said before, with all the big forums and mum and dad forums that are out there, this is the thing people aren't talking about. Is it because it's too public? Is it because there's even more scrutiny? You know, if they can't be honest with their nearest and dearest, then really they're not going to be honest with anyone about this. So what we're trying to do is kind of put the tools out there at the moment and see how it's used as i said before this is used very very differently different by different demographics and different kind of users that are on there and, and what we really want to do is kind of understand more about it before we start pushing different action at the moment the main thing you know the, the the base level that we want to achieve with the village feed is to give especially pregnant first-time pregnant women the idea that they are not alone and there are people around and just just this alone can be a massive massive of help and make you know get rid of so much mental stress around everything and if this is just purely a way for people around them to kind of say right i'm here for you what do you need put something up here highlight something in your baby plan whatever it is i'm there for you and this isn't necessarily just their like blood family this could be their best friend this could be you know their old school friend which they've been close with since there it's everything if it starts to move past there and people start to use different things that'll be fantastic but i think we need to nail this kind of base thing of helping people feel supported uh, you've you've grown and you said you've expanded features here and there um, online and I'll quote this you state our mission is to redefine the relationships parents have with money and empower moms and dads to take control of the costly adventure of raising a family uh, you mentioned a bit about the vision and and, and how you'd like it to be throughout the entire um, uh, child's life. But can you maybe talk a bit about the broader vision that you see for Stockcard? Yeah, so financial empowerment really is key. It's key, you know, obviously I've talked loads about it from an emotional sense, from a fact of, you know, parents have got bigger things to worry about than just kind of what's in the bank account and what's happening and we need to solve that. But I think more from a commercial side and a commercial advantage, having a family is a growth thing, not just in terms of the, you know, the child's height, but also in terms of the stability ability of the family and you kind of a family becoming great in the sum of their parts. So whereas other banks and other financial services kind of wait until there's an opportunity and go for it, you know, we've all had that leaflet through our letterbox from Barclays or HSBC or whatever saying, hey, do you want a loan? I have no idea what you're going to spend on it, but like I can give you 10 grand tomorrow. And we look at it and go, mm, now I'm fine. Whereas with us, because of the predictive powers of what we're building and the platform that we've got and the fact that we can marry it to an aim or to a goal, it would be hey summer childcare isn't sorted this year we know you haven't necessarily got it together because we haven't seen the deposit come through your stock card account these are the options what can we do and at that point once you've kind of married a goal with the solution which happened to be finance the actual conversion is much much higher because they can see a reason why and asking people to kind of achieve their goal through this is much much easier to say yes to and also we'll be able to get to that need much faster than all the other people who are trying to work it out this is what we're really aiming to do with that mission is you know for a relatively predictable journey but has very different personalized nuances in it be the first people there to help and the first people to cross sell different financial products and other products in there great so uh, i guess this is a boring question but you brought it up yourself um you mentioned life insurance how do you tackle the regulatory obstacles there in, in trying to rec recommend uh financial products 
so from a personal point of view, the compliance side is really, really difficult um, and also really, really boring. What we've done so far is we got our EMI license last year, right towards the end of last year, which helps us kind of operate and do all the joint account features we've got now. And this kind of enables us to do, you know, this is 80% of the way towards other licenses. So once we're in that space, once we're trusted, once we've got a track record with the FCA, it's just a matter of paperwork going forward um, and all of the work of going through those forms is finally worth it. Um, so I think going forward, there is regulatory stuff, but as much of a disadvantage as it takes, you know, it's always the longest thing to happen before you can release something. It also means that there's trust in you. It also means that, you know, people look at what you're doing, don't think it's spam because they can look at you, you're registered, you've got the FCA side. Um, and it also is a bit of a competitive barrier as well to make sure that you're not you're not in a massive competitive spiral where everyone's going on price because everyone has to have uphold the same regulatory standards. It means that everyone has their own little niche. Everyone has their own little part and everyone just feels better about it. You feel better about giving it to people as well. You know, with us, we've our internal API, uh, it's KPIs. There's always uh, an aspect of impact in there. You know, our, our main dream as we go forward is to make sure that something as easily measurable as a credit score for a family goes up as the family grows through and starts using Storkon more and more and more um, because they're using things in the right way, because they're, you know, got the information they need to make the right choices and to grow their financial health. And we want to make sure that we are doing things in the right way to really help people and make that impact instead of just make a quick buck. Uh, you've been very generous with your time. Um, I want to make sure that uh, I don't let you leave without answering a question I ask all my guests, which is while working with the company, uh, can you tell me about your biggest moment of clarity or learning lesson? Um, biggest clarity or learning lesson? I think it was what I mentioned before, um, where we assumed that fintech was everywhere. And just because it was in our little world, and it was everywhere in our little world, it really isn't out there. The thing of clarity when we kind of meet with other fintechs, and we meet with other companies that we're quite close to is in this fintech market, there isn't necessarily competition yet. There isn't necessarily fintechs competing directly against fintechs with the same customers. Really, it's just fintechs taking market share away from the big banks who haven't really changed their proposition over the last 20 years. Uh, this makes it quite exciting because of the ways that people can work together and the partnership and the collaboration that is much easier to happen than in other more competitive spaces. Uh, but also from a user discovery point of view, if it's the first time someone's seen a feature, even though if it's something which you kind of expect from a banking app, like, like viewing your PIN in the app or being able to freeze your card instantly, you know, these are kind of the staples of fintech nowadays. You kind of expect them everywhere. But to someone who's never seen them before and goes, this is great. I love this. It, feel, it feels great to kind of see that and go, yes, you know, easy win. Let's go. It feels fantastic. All right. I think that's a, that's a great way to end it. Thank you so much for being here. Cheers, mate. Thank you so much. Give us a download today. We're on the Apple Store in the UK, Google Play Store as well. Um, and we're also starting a new Facebook community to help answer all the questions that people have. So have a look at our Facebook page and look down in the groups. Give us a join and let us know what you think.